Matthew chapter number 2. Above me in just a moment, if they're not there already, are going to be some, some slides. We'll buzz through them quickly. And these are all pictures. I won't take the time like I was planning to to talk about each one. But these are different pictures with warning labels attached. So we'll just kind of scroll through them. All right. These are literal warning labels. So you get a wheelbarrow, not intended for highway use. That is a go ahead, next one. I like this one. <laughs> Can you guys see? All right, next. This was interesting. Do not eat iPod. I don't know if it was like it's an Apple product and maybe they were concerned people were going to eat this. I don't know. This was good. Chipotle truck. This was on a, on a dog medicine, so I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> this was on a uh, rat poison box, <laughs> like they're going to read it. <laughs> the invisible ink. <laughs> Razor. <laughs> I was thinking about that for your hairdo, Kaylee, on Saturday nights. <laughs> Where's Daniel Wagner? I was thinking of you on that one. <laughs> letter opener. <laughs> like, what are you going to do with it? Like, vi- the, for the violent letter openers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Soap. I'm like, all right, so just, I, I was interested, interested as the, the, what we're going to talk about today. Thank you, Riley. Um, Matthew 2 um, gives us what I like to call Christmas warnings. Christmas warnings. Now, years ago when I sat in college chapel up in the auditorium, the dean of students would get up and give us a couple words of wisdom on the way out the door. He would say something like this, for you that are going home, get home, give your mom and dad a hug and say, I'm, I'm glad to be home. Then get down to church, see your pastor and say, what can I do? How can I get involved? And I think that's great advice. We ought to do that. I have been encouraged this year working in the ministry side of things. In, in a sense, it's revived my spirit working with you, working alongside many of you where you just said, I'm going to jump in. I want to do a little bit more. That's a blessing. Um, but when you, when you look at products, when you view p- products, a lot of times they have these warning labels attached. The seller really has one purpose. He's trying to instruct to inform his buyers and users how to avoid hidden product dangers so the product can be used safely. Now, looking at this, there are nine different symbols as of, I think, August of 2016 that are posted on different items. You probably don't even pay attention to them when you buy a certain product. But nine different symbols. Uh, When was the last time you actually read a warning label? All right. Think about your car. When you turn the car on, this, the, the, the dashboard lights up. Right? Just this morning, I was picking up, and there was a, a, a warning that said, low pressure. 
And guess what I did? I pushed the button, <laughs> cleared it, <laughs> let's go. Because that's kind of what we're programmed to do. So let alone reading it, how much have we heeded the warnings? I've said this before, but I remember when I took my boys to hike the Grand Canyon, right before we started, there was a sign at the trailhead. And it had a picture of an individual laying down on the ground and says, do not, I'm paraphrasing, do not try to go down and up in the same day. Well, that was my plan. That was my intention. So I don't know if I actually said this, but I said, boys, look the other direction. Because I was not planning to heed the warning. Matthew 2 is a familiar text to us, and I wanted to have some sort of a Christmas message, so the Lord kind of directed my attention this way. But warnings are everywhere. I walked through Jewel, I checked out, and there's a sign at Jewel that says, High winds, and it's got these carts, picture of carts. I'm like, who, high winds where? It's not like we're in Chicago, we're in Chesterton. But really, anywhere you go, just, just start paying attention. You go different places, you're going to see warning signs pasted everywhere. I would imagine my McDonald's crew, are there warning signs there, all right? And you probably saw them once, and you're like, ah, I disregard that, and we go on. And really, that's what happens, because truth of the matter is, if you get by with something, you're going to try it again. Because often we feel like we are the exception to the rule. And so we just completely disregard the warning labels that are all over the products. You read Ezekiel 3, don't turn there, but really that's the gist of the time where we see the most times the word warning is given. It's talking about the person on the, on the wall, if you will. He's warning the inhabitants of the city, and his job is to blow the trumpet, sound the alarm. So last year I preached at this last service, I preached on the wonders of Christmas. Today I preached on the warnings of Christmas. Let's pray and we'll look at this briefly. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the semester that uh, you've given to us. I know the high school has another uh, week of classes, but Lord, as they begin finals as well, that you just help each of us to finish well. Lord, we come to this time of year. It's an awesome time of year if we're following you. But it can be a really messy time of year if we do our own thing. And I come today, I, I, I pray that we could just consider your word and consider these warnings. So help us, I ask, in Christ's name, Amen. Matthew chapter 2, the text is verses 9 through 23. We will not read the entire text, but let's just begin in verse number 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Verse number 12 is one of our texts. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Can we flip down to verse number 19? But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. Verse number 22. 
But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding, here it is, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. We know the setting. This is, in a sense, post-Christmas, right? Um, we kind of, in our world today, we have the nativity scenes, and we kind of include everybody at the nativity scene. But this is probably one, if not two years after what we call the Christmas story. Here come the wise men to, to Jerusalem. They're, they're looking for this child. They're looking for this this king, we know the story. Herod finds out. He gets his wise men together. He gets the scribes. They find out that this new king is going to be born in Bethlehem. Hence, they leave the palace. They see the star. They rejoice. The star leads them to the place where Jesus lays. What's interesting is when they come in, they don't worship Mary as a lot of religions present. They worship him. They worship Jesus, and they offer him these gifts that we know of. But see, in this text, we see three specific warnings, verse 12 to the wise men, verses 19 and following to Joseph specifically. Can I say this? Warnings are a good thing. Warnings are a good thing. You go down to the lake, there'll be people that have posted signs that say no swimming. And it may be the water's high or maybe waves and there's different seasons. And sometimes we go and say, well, my intention, my intent was to swim and my ego leads me that way. I just want to swim. You have the choice to heed the warning. Warnings are positive things. Let me move along. Number one, the purpose of God's warnings are directional. The purpose of God's warnings are directional. Look at verse number 12 again. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country. Notice the next two words, another way. For some reason, we understand this. For salvation, redemption, we love to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ, don't we? Or we should. We understand that people are born sinners, and if they continue on that path, they, they are headed to where? The lake of fire, the place of hell. And what do we do as Christians? We try to give them tracts. We try to give them the gospel. We say, hey, hey, you need to repent. You need to, what's the word? You need to turn from your sin. You need to go another direction. And don't you get frustrated when somebody that you love or somebody that you work with won't turn the other direction. Where's Elio, Mark? We've been praying for his parents since I met him to trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And wouldn't it be nice if you just had this call today that somebody went, gave the gospel to your parents, and they turned the other direction. Amen. But it's frustrating for someone that loves their parents or an uncle or an aunt or somebody on the bus route and you're pleading and you're just saying, please, please turn, please turn, please turn. And they won't. Isn't that frustrating? I feel like I invite and I invite and I invite and Lord willing, we'll have eight to ten guests here at the music night and some of those I've said, please, would you get saved and please, would you get saved? And there's this idea, we don't really want to talk about hell a whole lot, really, because it's kind of offensive, but offensive. what I'm trying to do is heed the warning, turn, because God's warnings are directional. But can I take it another step further? 
Because it's easy for us to understand the frustration of somebody that's lost. But how come we struggle to understand this when it comes to repentance in our own lives for a life of revival? Oh, we get it when it's for the sinner, but when it's for the saved person and somebody comes alongside and gives me a warning or gives you a warning, sometimes we stop and say, well, you know, I'm working on that. You with me? It would have been slightly easy for the wise men who had traveled who knows how long to just go back the same way. Maybe they had met some new acquaintances on the way. Maybe they knew the area better and they're thinking, oh man, if if we go back this way, we're going to change our route. But God says, no, I'm going to change the direction that you go. Can I say this? God has intentions for our lives. Amen and amen. And sometimes he can say, hey, you're going this way and he'll send along a man of God. He'll send along a woman of God. He'll send along a parent from God. And they're going to say, stop. Stop! Stop! And while we criticize the sinner for not turning from his own wicked ways, we as believers are not so quick to turn from our wicked ways. He says, I want you to go another direction. Because what happens is we're kind of comfortable in our rut. I won't say it because these guys are always picking on me because I always say... But read through the scriptures. You'll find that God gave different men different ways to fight battles. Sometimes it was attack. Sometimes it was ambush. Sometimes it was run away. So that's why it's important as we talked last time I preached in chapel to walk with God, don't rely on what you did two months ago. Don't rely on what you did last year. Rely on God's word for us today. So God's warnings are, number one, directional. He wants to change our path. He wants to change our direction. Number two, and this may be all we get to cover. The purpose of God's warnings are directional, but number two, are protectional. Notice verse number 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. Notice the next phrase. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Verse 20. Saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. Here are the these wise men, they come in, there's no indication in their minds that King Herod was deceiving them. Here they are, he says, hey, when when you find out where this baby is, I want you to give me word so I can come and worship. And it doesn't seem like the wise men are thinking, oh man, I don't know if this is a good idea. They probably intended to go back to Herod. They had no idea what this deceiving king was all about and what he wanted to do. Let me remind you that you're going to have people that have deceptive ways about them trying to get your attention. You're going to go back home 
And some of you are going to pile up on the social media because you kind of have heard about it for the last couple of weeks. And now you're going to have five hours free and you're going to have all kinds of nice and kind and friendly family people that are going to come alongside. And they're just going to say, hey, let's do this. And you're, you're not inclined to think they're going to do any harm or kind of cause any problems in your life. And you're going to be easily swayed. But get this. The destroyer is out for your life. And I'm convinced. And as I prayed, and I, I'm out of strength right now. I don't even know physically. I don't even know if I can keep on going. But I prayed. Because I want you to understand. I'm convinced that some of us don't even believe in the devil anymore. I'm convinced. You can quote 1 Peter 5.8. You can list off the names in a Bible trivia of the 20 names of Satan and the adversary and the dragon and Abaddon and Apollyon. And you can list it all. You get 100% on the quiz. But you don't believe in him. I'm convinced of it. And when he comes alongside and a teacher comes alongside... And a parent comes alongside and they're just saying, hey, here's a warning. We don't read it. We don't heed it. Now watch me. I just threw this in there because we feel we don't need it. And here's the king trying to take out the very son of God. Seeking for the precious life. And I look out here. I'm burdened for Fairhaven Baptist Church kids. I'm burdened for our college kids. Because I know there's a destroyer. That was his purpose. But God's warnings are protective. I mean, just the 25-minute message Pastor Mitchell preached about on social media was enough for me to say, I'm... I'm good. And I don't got it. That was another, just a little plug. So that solidified it even more. Because the destroyer's out there. And I know some of you guys turn us off. I get it. But you lose. Because, because look here. To your mom and dad, Isaac, you're a precious life. You are a precious life. I know. I've had hour-long conversations with your mom and dad. And I know it's always going to come back to my kids. And I've, I've, I've watched your mom weep. And I've seen parents weep. And, I, and you know why? Because your life is precious. Here's David and Absalom. Sorry, Riley. Here's David and Absalom. And they're in battle because a son rebels against father and the troops are going at it. And you know what David's concern was? It wasn't, how's my son's financial portfolio? No. What's his, what's his future look like? Uh, how, how many vehicles does he have? Stay with me, John. How, how much does he have? No, no. Is the young man Absalom, what's the word? Safe. I, I know what your dad wants. He wants you to be safe. 
And God's warnings are to cause us to go another direction, number one. But number two, it's for our protection to keep us safe. I love my girls. I love my boys. And I hate that the devil wants to ruin their lives. I hate it. But I'm more concerned about their safety than they are. Just like I think sometimes we're more concerned about your safety than you are. But we go through life, we just, we might be concerned about the label to see how many calories it has. I've seen people read them like, is it this or that? And they're looking at the calories. But they're not, we're not concerned about the warnings that somebody took the time, foolish as it may seem, because somebody probably tried to fold the stroller up with their kid in there. I'm just, they, they probably did. Why would they put a warning like that? Because it would be kind of cool to see. I get it. Stick a kid in there. Let's try it. <laughs> so, so rules are these things that we just, ah. But usually it's because somebody tried to do that and we had to set something in stone to say, no, 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 no. Don't do this. That's foolish. Am I making sense today? Let me close with this. And I think this is fitting for us as we go home. The warning, look here. The warning came to the wise men. The warning came to Joseph for the well-being of someone else. This grabbed my heart. You, not heeding the warning, could affect the life of somebody else. You with me? The warning didn't come to the baby. The warning came to the wise men, and the warning came to the earthly father of the Lord Jesus Christ. What if Joseph would have not heeded the warning? Now, I understand it's God's son. There's a plan. But Joseph heeded the warning. And all I'm saying is this is you might be involved with somebody else and your selfishness, your sin may cause you to not heed the warning and you'll affect the safety of someone else. Is that making sense? Can you imagine Achan watching his children get their heads smashed? You talk about a reality check? If I would have just listened to the warning when Joshua said, He that taketh anything of the city shall be accursed. Huh. What about all those people that Noah preached righteousness to? And they watched their children drift off in the flood. Are you with me? 
I'm saying this, your lack of heeding the warnings don't just affect you, they're going to affect your children. You're like, I'm not married yet, I don't care, this is all cool. Lord willing, one day you will be, and the warnings that you will not heed are going to affect your children. Now, that's all negative, but watch, watch. Some of you could go to somebody else in here today and just say, hey, I I noticed this. I'm just going to warn you about it. And you could affect them for good. Amen. But he's always got to be the bad guy. I'm tired of it. Someone emailed me this morning about something. I said, could you please be the one to respond? And they did. Amen. I'm tired of being the bad guy. How about you step up to the plate and say, I'm going to warn my fellow students. I'm going to warn a sibling because you know what? I don't want their life to be ruined by the destroyer. That could be an awesome Christmas where you can have a part in getting somebody right with God. Now, it'd be really awesome if you were able to say, hey, I led so-and-so to Christ over Christmas. That's that directional thing. Now I'm talking about protectional. Dating couples, do it God's way. You know why? Because you're concerned about the well-being of her or him before you're concerned about your own well-being. It's called humbling ourselves Let each esteem other better than ourselves. But eh, I got four to five weeks of freedom. You get by with something once, you will always try it again. You run a red light. Should I? Shouldn't I? I got by. Yes, you may have, but in doing that, you put your own life in danger and the life of somebody else in danger every time you don't heed the warning. God's warnings are going to tell us to go another way. God's warnings are to keep you as well as somebody else. What's the word? Safe. Let's pray. Thank you.